Split Tube Media and a Synesthesia Podcast present a special daily October podcast. Hell. To the king, king, king. Okay, let's do this thing. Jason, is John Cusack the best at being a gentle asshole? <laughs> a jasshole? A jazzhole? A jazzhole. John Cusack is a jazzhole. Jim? Fourteen oh eight. One four zero eight. Who do we appreciate? Cusack. Cusack. John Cusack. Jim, this entire film is premised on the slow death of a child. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hi, everybody. This is Hell to the King. I'm not saying hi. I don't care. We're talking about a movie called 1408. Uh, I saw this movie in the theater when it came out. Did you rewatch it for this, or are you just relying on your mind? I rewatched it for this and had completely forgotten that the core of the movie was based mm. around the death of a child. Sure. All I remembered from the... I did not remember liking this movie at all. Sure. Or I remembered... Actually, here's... here's I'm, an, I'm lying. My correction. Tell me. I, rem- Tell me I remembered uh, liking the setup of this movie and then being very mad at where it ended up. Okay. Um, and I didn't feel that way this time. I didn't feel like it was great. I felt like it was better sure. than I remembered it being. But I still had yeah. a lot of the same problems. Um, okay. And I'll, I can list those out. But yeah, I went and saw it in the theater because, you know, I generally had like a positive feeling about Stephen King, but even more so, I loved John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Specifically, Jason, this is Sam Jackson in a role where he isn't just an angry yelling man, which is my favorite Sam Jackson, is when people let him be an actual character. Yes, when he actually gets to act, which is almost yeah. never after right 1994. And also um, Scott Alexander and Larry Karasowski. Oh, they're the um, those are the dudes who do good biopics. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the only human beings who can write a yeah, good biopic. They wrote. Yeah. I mean, first they're like their 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 greatest is obviously Ed Wood, but they sure. also did The People versus Larry Flint. They did Man in the Moon. Yeah. They did Big Eyes, yeah. and they did the yeah. the television show The People versus O.J. Simpson, which was actually really good. I saw their names, I think, and I didn't process them because. I'm not uh, careful at attention. Yeah, so this is a movie about John Cusack as a sort of pop author slash paranormal investigator who goes... I have one of my first notes, Jason, is he's a famous writer. How weird. (laughs) A writer who deals with things that are somehow supernatural? Yeah. Stephen King is really not good at shooting far away from the from his own feet what did you you talk for a minute what do you think about this movie i i know i watched it i remember a bunch of things happening i don't remember having any feelings at all it's mostly john cusack in a room being tortured by that room there's there's a fundamental issue i have with it jason which is that so John Cusack is a man who writes guidebooks to haunted spaces, but clearly doesn't believe in them and hates his audience and hates that he's doing it. And then he gets a note saying that he shouldn't stay in room 1408 at the at Dolphin Hotel. The Dolphin. And he immediately, he, he under 1408, he writes equals 13 and then says, that's cute. And I have to pause the movie. <laughs> 
to figure out what <laughs> equaled 13. Um, which I'm assuming if you add up all the digits, yes. it adds to 13. Yes. But also it would be on the 13th floor. But I was like, why the, Why is that the first thing he does is add up all the digits? Um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, he goes there and it's, it's at this place in a fancy hotel and they won't let him stay there and then he forces them to. Which his publisher says that they can sue the hotel if they don't let him stay in an open room, which is definitely not. I haven't looked this up, but that's not a law. They're a private business. They can do anything they want. Um, that's that would be an insane law to exist. Uh, but but they he gets there and they're like they don't want him to stay. And Sam Jackson really tries to talk him out of it. And then eventually he convinces him. He caves. But at one point in that conversation, he asks Sam Jackson why they don't just close the room. And he says, Jackson says, that the, like, whatever corporation that runs the Dolphin Hotel likes to pretend that there's no problem, just like, Jason, they pretend that there's no 13th floor. But the way that they pretend there's no 13th floor is by having a 12th floor and then a 14th floor. Uh So if they were really doing that, they would just wall over the door and pretend there's no room 1408. They would say, we have a 1407 and a 1409, and I don't understand why they don't do that, because everyone who stays in the room dies, and that seems like a liability. Um, so that's a fundamental issue that I had. Well, but pretending there's no 13th floor is a thing that... That's not, like, a like a quirk of this fictional No, I understand building. that. But walling over one room and just not listing that number would be a reasonable thing to do. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be fine. So he, like, checks into the hotel room and everything's fine, and he makes sarcastic comments about the decor and stuff, and then... Uh, he's maybe looking out the window and the radio starts playing We've Only Just Begun uh, by the Carpenters, and I thought that was a really delightful that choice. Was, it comes yes. back several times. Um, also, like, a woman who can sing that beautifully while playing the drums, Jason, that's scary. That's that's frightening. It is? Uh, yeah, and then everything goes crazy, right? The room does all kinds of crazy stuff, and it sets him on fire. I don't know. It puts him in a wave. It pretends to be... What, what's nice about it is that it starts with like a window slamming and like a figure in the background reflected in a thing and a, and a painting tilting and then uh, it slowly builds up and up and up until at one point the whole room is just encased in ice and fully arctic, <laughs> but it has like gone there slowly enough that at the point that that happens, I believe that it's a full... yeah ecosystem in that room um and then it can do whatever and it does that and i think it does a really nice job of of elevating Uh, i i watched this 15 hours ago and it is almost entirely gone from my brain so i don't know what that says about me or it so i i Um, it's i think that your reaction is a hundred percent correct of just not really having many feelings that's what i remember so i'm I, too, am totally numb from this month, but I also have the memory of what it felt like to watch it in the theater, and it was very similar of, like, this is a good setup. It's a setup I'm particularly going to be attracted to because I like Paranormal Investigation, I like John Cusack, I like Samuel L. Jackson, I like things that are creepy and, like, you know... 
like supernatural stuff happening in a single place. I like chamber pieces. I just learned that word recently in term of... I always knew chamber pieces as small groups of musicians, but I recently learned that you can also say it about movies that take place mostly in a space. That's true, and I, I do... I haven't seen The Mist yet. I'm watching it tonight to watch... Is it also a tomorrow. chamber piece? It also, I believe, takes place in a single place for the most part. Jason, can we write a movie called Six Chamber Piece that's about a room, a uh, small building with six rooms, but also a gun with six bullets in it? Yes. Okay, great. Done. Okay. Hey guys, we're quitting the podcast. Watch for our film Six Chamber Piece. It's coming out in a uh, year and a half. I want to say it's too well made, but that's not exactly what I mean. But but it is just too like it's too lush. It's, yeah. It's too uh, glossy. It is very glossy. And, like, they just... Everything seems to happen really cleanly. Yeah. And, and like, almost easily for the film. Yes. You know, it's not like it's easy for Cusack, but it's easy for the film to go from one thing to the next. Yeah, it's like... And you want to kind of get stuck on stuff. Once he's in that room, it's just whatever they want to do. They have a tremendous facility for just making images happen and having things happen. And it just... It doesn't ever feel like anything matters. It doesn't ever feel yeah. like anything is really at stake. Um, it's like it comes together too well to be genuinely nightmarish. Yeah, it just yeah exactly. It it's just there's like too too easy of a facility with the the way the film is put together, and it just yeah. it feels like okay yeah I'm like I'm never uncomfortable because I don't it kind of it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were saying about the night flyer. And that the night flyer mm-hmm. feels so strange and so janky that yes. that adds to the yes. creepiness. Where you're in this place because you can't trust the filmmakers to take care of you. Whereas in this, yeah. I never have a moment's worry that, yeah. like, I'm just watching this movie and John Cusack yeah, is exactly. going to get to act a bunch. And then yeah. at some point in time, it's going to end. It's going to have a wrap up. Like, this is all just too competently made and too normal yes. to add up mm-hmm. to anything more than just sometimes there's some good scenes and also there's only so many times you can like create a scenario and then completely undermine it before i'm just like okay well i'll just wait until the movie's end and then i'll know what was real and what wasn't because other like i'm not going to bother trying to figure it out during the movie right because they're just whipping around i to that sort of end i wrote a note so he you know a bunch of crazy stuff happens and then he gets this phone call at the end of an hour-long countdown uh, that feels like a week to him or whatever. Um, and it says, uh, at one point they say that they're going to kill all his friends, but like clearly it's not affecting anyone that isn't in the room, right? right? Um, so it's just him, and they say that he's going to be stuck in a loop of this one hour until he kills himself, basically. Yes. Um, the express and I, checkout. Yeah, and I thought he should just stick with it. Four loops of that, and you're going to be totally used to it it's just a different way of life you know (laughs) so then the movie ends and he makes a molotov cocktail and burns the room down and sam jackson's so happy and he goes to his funeral yeah um i think that the biggest he doesn't die what he doesn't die cusack yeah what do you mean he doesn't die it's not a funeral it's buried at the end no he doesn't he did in the version I watched. What? <laughs> in the movie I watched, he, at the end, uh, he, like, explodes the room, and then it cuts to 
his wife and his publisher at his funeral and they're leaving and Sam Jackson comes up and tries to give her his artifacts which is like uh, oh they're like his tape recorder in a box and she gets really upset because he's trying to give her stuff from her dead husband and then the publishers like leave her alone and then Sam Jackson gets in the car and plays the tape and then something appears in the back of his car briefly and then he slams the box shut and it goes away and then he drives away what (laughs) how did your movie end (laughs) that is not how the movies ended either time I've seen it really yeah that no the the movie ends with Cusack waking up in the hospital and his wife is there and he's like am I actually in a hospital in New York this time she's like yeah what do you mean this time and then they like get back together and get a apartment together and then he finally he like finishes his book and she's like well you never wrote that fast before he's like well it's easy i wrote it already meaning he wrote it in that like time that he was in the room in his head uh and then he like in the middle of everything finds his tape recorder from that night and he presses play and is listening to his own notes and then they both hear their daughter's voice and like look at each other like it was all real and then the movie ends Did they clue this movie? I'm looking it up. There are four different endings to this film. No way. What? Oh my god, this just got so much more interesting than I thought this was going to be. Right now I like the movie. Hell to the King is a special presentation of the Synesthesia podcast. Produced by Iguana Donald Studios and distributed by Split Tooth Media. Music by Loyalty Free. Hell to the King is recorded in a state-of-the-art facility which is nicer than your apartment. Jim. Fourteen oh eight.